What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brand Your News Show. Well, really, it's my new series, I Bleed Sports. And on this episode, I will be talking about college football. Uh, week four of college football that just happened last weekend. What the hell is going on with Colorado football? I'm talking about pros in college. Um, and I will be giving you, of course, my week five college uh, football report. What I think, my skeptical, my skeptical, my skeptical game of the week, uh, most interesting game of the week, my upset game of the week in college football, and of course, my game of the week. So, and of course, I will be tonight. I'll be doing, of course, my cautions, my my warnings, my warning levels for the NFL going into week four, and also I will be debuting. A new one. So stay tuned for that. But let's get into it. I believe sports. So I've been talking about this. And it's something I haven't actually, matter of fact, I haven't talked about. But before I get into that, brand new show on all podcast platforms everywhere. Uh, Social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Threads, Facebook, brand new show. And of course, like always, YouTube channel, brand new show. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode because it comes out right after I finish this. So let's get into it. So, like I said, I haven't really talked about this yet because it hasn't come up yet. But basketball is around the corner. Um, the season should start sometime in April. I think uh, October. I'm sorry, October. Uh, maybe like the second week in October. I think it starts. Uh, preseason is about to start at some point, and then it starts up at midway through October. Um, but one story before even the end of the season that heated up, especially during the off season was Damian Lillard. Um uh, Dame Dollar. Uh Dame is one of my favorite players. I'm not gonna say and act like I like he's not. He's one of my favorite players. Um uh, he asked for a trade. He finally asked for a trade. A lot of people uh had been screaming, bro, just please just ask for a trade. Just get the fuck out of Portland. We kept screaming it as fans. Like, Portland's not going to put the right franchise around you. They don't know what they're doing as a franchise. They just don't know. I hope this man goes somewhere. And he finally got the opportunity to uh, – he finally said it. Hey, listen, love you guys, but I want out. I want to go somewhere where I can actually win. And he finally asked for a trade. And, you know, I saw a lot of people – and and now the trade is kind of just sitting there, and, he, and nobody's really actively trying to go get him. And Portland has said numerous times, we're not trading him for anything that isn't uh, something that we can – we're not trading him pretty much for a real piece that can help us right away. But here's the thing. When you drafted Scoot Henderson with the third overall pick, I'm not saying that's a bad decision because that was a really great decision, but you drafted Scoot. Scoop, knowing that Damien will not probably be there. There's no way in hell you draft Dan, uh, Scoot Henderson knowing that he probably is not going to have Dame Lillard with him. So we all know the ideal team for Dame Lillard is pretty much um, Miami. He wants to go to Miami, but Miami doesn't have the necessary – see, this is the thing about having the Heat culture and having a great Heat team. You've only got really like two pieces that you can physically trade from Miami to Portland that they would even entertain. And that's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. 
That is literally the only two pieces that if I was Portland, those are the only two pieces I would want. If it's if it ain't Jimmy, give me Bam. If it ain't Bam, give me Jimmy. And, I, and then and that's just a starting point. That's just a starting point of what you need to go do. Maybe you go get, you know, a third team and put it in there. Maybe they get you, give some Portland some other stuff. Maybe you call up the Knicks and see if the Knicks need, you know, some weapons. Um, see if the Knicks could trade you, trade out uh, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett. Uh, but the Knicks is going to want Dame, and that's like, nah, I'm good on that. So here's that. Now they're saying the front runner for Damian Lillard is going to be um, is Toronto. Toronto makes sense. Toronto's a good a good team to to trade Dame to. Uh, we've seen in the previous years when Toronto finally did make the decision to move on and fight for a championship a couple years ago, and they traded for uh, Kawhi Leonard. They were really good. Now, I'm not saying this is the same thing because I don't know if Dame will be loyal to Toronto because we all know Kawhi wasn't. Um, But if you're Dame and you know I got, what, maybe a year or two left on my contract, do I sign and say, you know what, screw it, let's see what happens? Um, I don't know where Dame goes. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know where Dame goes. Uh, personally, I would love to see him in Miami, but that's not going to happen. Um, another team I would love to see Dame with is Toronto. I think Toronto would be a dope team to see if Dame and it could get that team to uh, NBA Finals. Let's see what happens. Um, and another team I would love to see Dame with, which – they had the asset, the assets, and I don't know if they would actually trade for Dame, and that is Boston. Um, you know, outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kristaps Porzingis, yeah, you trade Marcus Smart, but you can find other people. I know Boston's got other people, other weapons. You could trade to Portland, and it might intrigue Portland. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know one thing, Dame not being able to uh, – not being traded yet. I just think Dame is not – either Dame is not going to play this season or Dame is going to get traded at some point during the season. But, yeah. Um, this Saturday, a big fight is happening. Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Jamel Charlo. Um. I'm looking forward to this fight, man. I don't know who wins, uh, to be honest. I, I would love to see Jamel comes out and just 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 puts the puts the beats the brakes off of Canelo, but I don't think he will. Uh, Canelo cannot fight. I know one thing: Canelo cannot fight the way he usually fights, and that is kind of like let you know, um, kind of let the jab beat him, which. Jamel Charlo has a very powerful jab. He can kind of hit you from an angle. And plus, on top of that, he has the length. He has the distance. He can get Carnelo, which is kind of the thing about Bivadov that beat Carnelo in, in that match was his length, his size, his ability um, to kind of control the, the control the distance with the jab and keep Carnelo at, a, at bay. So I would love to see how this is all going to play out. Me personally, I would love to see uh, Charlo win, but – this is the time for Canelo to prove he is um, – he's that guy. He's still the face of boxing. 
which by the way, I never thought he was a face of boxing. That's just what people kept calling him for what reason. I don't know. But um but to at least prove that he is still relevant enough or at least still that guy. I feel like if he loses this fight, what is next for Canelo? I don't know. I don't know who Canelo fights because I know he's not going back up to go fight Bivadov if he didn't have the confidence to beat or he didn't beat uh, uh, Charlo. He might go back and fight Charlo again for the titles. He might. But for the most part, um, Canelo's in a position right now where he's kind of in a lose-lose situation, right? If he wins, then who do you fight? Do you go back up and fight Bivadov? Because I don't think you should do that. I think Bivadov beats the living hell out of you. Um, or do you, and or if you lose, what do you do? Because do you fight Charlo again, or do you say screw it? I go up and fight Bivadov. It's it's a it's a it's a shaky situation for him. I don't I don't know, but Canelo needs to win this fight. Very much so. Um, Charlo needs to win this fight because uh, Crawford's been talking a lot of shit about you, brother. And uh, I think you need to you need to say something to do something. So, yeah, you 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 was talking very heavy at the at the at the at the Spencer Crawford fight, but like, man, he talking all that shit. I fight Con- I fight Cornello. I'm not worried about him. I'm already up there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do something. You gotta do something. You gotta win. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah. Um. Now, let's get into it. Football, college football this week. Ugh, man, football in general. What the fuck happened to Colorado football this season, uh, this week? Um, Saturday, just like most fans, I was watching a game, Oregon, Colorado. Uh, ugh, that was embarrassing. Uh But I kind of felt like Colorado was eventually going to have one of them letdown games. I'm happy that it happened against Oregon. I don't think this week is going to be as bad. Um, but um, I don't appreciate the polls completely. I get it. Colorado was ranked pretty much like 18th. So I get why they, they you know, you know, I guess took them out the polls. Um, so I get it. Um, but it feels like they were just waiting for Colorado to lose just to be like, see, this is why they took them out the polls. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great game. Oregon, the one thing about Oregon that I didn't like is like, which I've said numerous times, you can't have, you can't give Colorado bulletin board material before the game. Oregon's head coach knew that and was smart enough to do that shit in the locker room at the game. He didn't say that shit until the game was that day. Because if you would have said that shit before the game, all the shit you was talking, all that shit y'all was doing, if you would have said that shit before the game, y'all would have got your ass beat. You know it. So, congratulations, Oregon. You won this game. Um, I don't know if Colorado wins out if they see Oregon again in the Pac-12 turn, I don't know. I think I don't know how that. I don't think they're in the same. I don't know if it's just the best two teams in the Pac-12 or if it is conference. I mean divisional. But yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting situation with that. Um. Yeah, I don't. 
Mm. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm be honest. I really don't know. Um, but anyway, and then you think that's bad. Then you see, you think that's bad. Then you watch Sunday if you're Colorado fans, if you're a Colorado football fan, if you live in Colorado and you see Colorado get beat by Oregon. That's one thing. That is what it is. It happens. But then you turn on TV Sunday and you see the Miami Dolphins put up 70. Nigga, let me explain something. I've been trying to put up 70 points in Madden since Sunday, and I can't fucking do it. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, you put it on rookie mode, it's easy. But I want it tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you score 70 in Madden or all Madden or some shit, you did it. You know what I'm saying? That was a fucking real-life football game. These were grown-ass fucking professional men playing on the field and got torched by 50 points and lost and got scored. <laughs> and they gave up 70 fucking points. That is that is beyond crazy, bro. I that, that shit was what the fuck? Are you kidding me? It was like what was that? I I literally was like, "Yo, that that's a disturbing situation. The fact that Colorado uh football let everybody down this week, man." If you was rooting for Colorado, what I don't appreciate, of course, I know we live in this world right now where immediately you go to, immediately you go to the jokes and the puns and everything, but Colorado losing Oregon, shit happens. Colorado's offensive line sucks. Hopefully they figured out a way to get Shador. This is the thing about Colorado they got to do. Shador has actually ability, athletic ability. You got to move the pocket. You can't have him just stand in the fucking pocket. You got to move the pocket. You got to leave extra people in. You got to do something. Because that kid is too dynamic to get hit like he was getting hit in Oregon game. Like, that is fucking ridiculous. But it is what it is. Now, let's get into a week five, like I said, of college football is this upcoming week. Um, and let's really get into it. So, like I said, got games here that I want to talk about and what I feel about them. So my week five game of the week five college football, my skeptical game, the game I'm most skeptical about uh, this upcoming week is, of course, Kansas versus Texas. Texas is third in the polls, and nobody knew that. Texas is sitting at three at the third spot, which means they that somebody in – so the polls think Texas is the third best team in college football. I don't believe that shit. I don't even think that shit, but that's what they say. Um, and Kansas is at 24. They're undefeated. They played an amazing game against BYU this last weekend. Um, incredible game. Uh, um, Jalen Daniels um, did his thing in that game. Um, and that's exactly why I feel like this is a skeptical game. It's early in the day. It's literally, I think, noon. I think they kick off Kansas versus Texas. It's in Texas, so that kind of saves Texas a little bit. But the one thing about Texas that I do think can get Texas off guard, and this is the thing, ever since Texas beat Alabama, they've had a very mm, start to these games, Baylor game and all that, but I think a team like Kansas, who a lot of people may hear somewhat of but don't really know a lot about, 
this is a game that I think Kansas could actually shock some people. And I think Kansas could actually win this game. But at the same time, Texas is riding a wave of momentum. They're at home. Things could go left real fast for Texas. Or it could go real left for Kansas. It just depends on what happens. And like I said, this is a top 25 matchup. They are both ranked in the top 25. Texas is ranked third. Kansas is ranked 24th. Anything could happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas win this game. I really don't. And that's why I say it's one of my skeptical games that was weak because I would, be not, I would not be surprised if Kansas actually pulls out the upset. They have a dynamic quarterback that is something that Texas haven't really played yet that can also throw the ball. So I think they could kind of give Texas a little bit of a problem with when they're trying to bring pressure up the middle to this guy. If he gets out the pocket, he moves the pocket, he does what he does, this can actually hurt Texas. So that is why it's my skeptical game of the week. Um, my most interesting game of this week um, is Notre Dame going to Duke. Notre Dame coming off of last week's loss, last second fucking loss to Ohio State. Um, yeah, it was that was heartbreaking. Um, you find out that the head coach only had. 10 players on the fucking field, which makes it even worse that you lost like that. Um, and I actually think they call timeout, which is the craziest fucking thing, to get the defense on the field and get a, a better defensive player on the field. Um, and Duke, who, quiet as it's kept, is pretty fucking good. And Raleigh Leonard, Raleigh Leonard, who played, uh, who was a quarterback for Duke, um, who had an amazing game against Clemson, uh, to start the season. It's one of those quarterbacks in the ACC that a lot of people might not hear about because you, you haven't really seen him play anyone. And it's Notre Dame, and they're coming to Duke. I would not be surprised if Duke actually wins this game. They're at home. They are ranked in the top 25. They're, I think they're 17th. Notre Dame is like 11. Another top 25 matchup where anything can happen. And being also, again, at home. I don't feel the same way about Duke at home that I feel about a Texas at home. I do feel like that could happen. I think Duke can actually still win this game. Like I said, I don't know how Notre Dame is going to respond coming off of a game like they played against Ohio State, having their hearts pretty much ripped out their chest at the last second. Um, some teams might not recover from that. Some teams might. It just depends on what happens. And I think this is actually going to be one of the best games of the week. I really do think that. Uh, I'm tuning in. Definitely I'm tuning in for this game, and I will definitely look forward to this. Now, I'm trying to debate how I want to do this. Do I want to do the game of the week or the upset of the week? Uh, let me go game of the week. So, my game of the week is going to be the LSU Tigers taking on the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, speaking of a team that lost last week in a very close, hard-fought game but just came up short, Ole Miss um, went to Alabama last week, pretty much had the game in rap, and then they just completely let it go. I don't know what it is. Alabama's still not really that great. So for Ole Miss to lose that game, I don't know if that was more of a of a, um, a Lane Kiffin thing than it was anything else. Um, Ole Miss is at home this week against LSU. As you know, I will be doing my podcast on LSU after the game Saturday. Bleed uh, purple and gold. Um LSU hasn't been on the road since the Florida State. Well, no, I can't say that because they played Mississippi State uh, to start the SEC play. Um, 
Last week, LSU, like I said, you've listened to the episode I did after the Arkansas game. They're still doing mental mistakes defensively. The secondary is still a questionable secondary. Their front seven, I don't question. But the back end, I question for LSU a lot. And Ole Miss has weapons. Ole Miss has always had weapons. Jackson Dart, who, just like Arkansas's quarterback, can run the ball. He can get out the pocket. He can do certain things. He is dynamic enough to be that guy. So if Ole Miss can figure out a way to get him going in the run in the pass, they can give LSU a bit of a fucking problem. The problem that LSU needs to understand, though, this offense is amazing. What they did do in the Arkansas game that I do not think they're going to do in this game is come out slow. They came out very damn sluggish in that first game, in that uh, Arkansas game offensively. It took them a while. More so maybe because they were looking forward to this game this week. Uh, and we shall see. Um, but this is a very early game. It makes me a little bit nervous. It's late. It's the end of September, early October. It's very LSU. If they lose this game, I'm not going to lie. But this is why it's such a game of the week to me because it's such a, a, a toss-up because you don't know what teams you're getting. You don't know if you're getting Ole Miss, the good Ole Miss, or the bad Ole Miss. You don't know if you're getting the really good LSU or the really bad LSU. You just have to watch the game, and that is why it's an intriguing game. Again, it's another top 25 matchup that at any point and any time, it could go left real fast. And by the way, I don't like how the polls got – put LSU at 13 and Alabama at 12 because they beat Ole Miss. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, but hopefully that motivates them even more and hopefully that gives them more of a feeling like we got to go out there and dominate Ole Miss. But we shall see how this plays out. Ole Miss is always a tricky game, especially in Ole Miss, especially early in the season. So we shall see how that plays out. Anyway, my upset of the week, you know it's coming. USC versus Colorado. I do not trust USC early in the daytime playing against Colorado because people do not know this game is actually at 11 o'clock here in Houston. So it's about 12 o'clock. What is it? Like 8 o'clock, 8, 9 o'clock Pacific time in the morning? You got to – like USC has to – engage themselves at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning. That is literally not the right time to play a team like a Colorado. That is a terrible time. Colorado coming off of the worst loss of the season that they've had. You embarrassed them, Oregon did. Oregon talked a lot of shit during, that, after the, during the game and after the game. And you're going to have Colorado pretty much coming off of that game trying to be that furious. And they're going to try to knock your ass out early and especially being at home. I think this is a terrible game for the USC Trojans. I do not trust the USC Trojans. They struggled against Stanford last week. But I do not trust USC to win this game. I actually think it's a really bad game. Colorado's offense is going to be definitely back on track. USC does not have a really great defense like that. They never really had. Lincoln Riley has never had a great defense as a head coach from Oklahoma to now. You're literally wishing that what your beliefs is is literally Caleb Williams. And if Caleb Williams could do what he needs to do, then, yeah, you're good. But if Caleb Williams does all that stuff but they can't stop Colorado's offense and Colorado's defense does show up in this game, 
this is, could be a very bad game for USC. I know a lot of people would think I'm just saying this because it's Colorado and I just want to see Colorado win. True. But at the same time, I do think this is a really bad fucking game for USC because it's too early. I have never seen USC in a early football uh, in an early football game. That is a this is a very early game to start to be at at literally noon here in in Houston. So it's like nine o'clock in Colorado. So it's gonna be like nine o'clock in the morning. It's gonna start at like eleven here in Houston. So it's gonna be like nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning in Colorado. Good fucking luck to USC because that is a terrible time period to try to make your break your mind up and say, let's get physically ready for a game like this and mentally ready for a game like this against a Colorado team. What coach prime that is definitely not gonna just let you let them roll over again. It's a terrible game for USC, and it is my upset of the week. Now let's get into it. NFL was this past weekend. Like I said, Miami hung 70 points on Denver. They lost about 50. Um, last week, I did this new segment on here, warning levels. That's uh, what I'm calling it, NFL warning levels. Um, I like it a lot, so I'm doing it again. And also, like I said, I'm debuting another segment tonight. Um, and let's get into it. Um, so let's get into it. So my team that I feel after week three, after yeah, week three of the NFL season, that is definitely in the yellow. Caution is fuck. I did do it last week, but I do it this week. The my team in a caution level this week. For me personally, in a yellow, oh shit, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me explain this to, to people. I have a problem with Trevor Lawrence supporters, analysts, people that sit on TV and make excuses for him. But yet, you trash Justin Fields. And they are literally the same fucking player. Trevor Lawrence should actually be better than Justin Fields. Because all the shit Justin Fields does not have, Trevor Lawrence has. He has the head coach. He has the offensive line. He has the weapons. He even has a running game. And the fact that the Jaguars are now one and two. And by the way, he's in a worse division. A division, by the way, he should win easily. My problem with the Jaguars is that they're in the AFC South. And Trevor Lawrence is their quarterback. Now listen to me. Like I said... I have no problem with Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback. But the fact that everybody has deemed him like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and he's going to be the next this and the next that. Excuse me. You can't even beat Houston. No offense to Houston. But me and my brother Wine talked about this this morning on our show, Jack's Wild uh, Sports Show. 
We talked about this on his, on our show today, which is C.J. Stroud already looks like he's more advanced as a quarterback in three weeks than Trevor Lawrence has looked in three years. Let's not get shit twisted. Trevor Lawrence looked terrible in that playoff game. I know they came back and won the game, but that was more of a that was more of a Charger situation than it was a Jacksonville situation. They just capitalized on it. Great for them. That's what the fuck you're supposed to do. But let's not forget that Trevor Lawrence in that first half also threw four fucking picks. It's not like they didn't he didn't do anything wrong in that first half. He literally turned the ball over four times. In the first fucking half. The fact of the matter is this. He should have lost against the Colts. They should be 0-3, not 1-2. They, they should have lost against the Colts, but they didn't. Congratulations. My problem with the Jags is this. Again, stop trying to sell me that this kid is a game changer. He's not. Go back and watch what the fuck the tra- Trevor Lawrence was. Even in college. Don't get it twisted. I know he beat the almighty Alabama. And that is why people automatically just runs out here and screams. He's the best thing to slice fucking bread. I get it. I understand. I hear you. Here's the problem with that, though. The year he beat Alabama in the college championship, he was a freshman. 100. But do you know the next year that he went to the college playoffs? If it wasn't for... Justin Fields in Ohio. If it wasn't for Ohio State's running back fumbling the ball, Justin Fields would have beat him in that game. Justin Fields outplayed him in that game. He goes to the championship game and then gets absolutely destroyed by Joe Burrow in the LSU Tigers. Now, LSU had an amazing year that year offensively. But how you got picked off by uh, Derek Stingley and all these other guys on that team, I have no idea. By the way, Darius Stingley didn't even play yesterday, uh, Sunday, when the Texans played the Jags. And then the next year, your last year in college football, you played Justin Fields again with no noise, no sound, because this is the pandemic. And you got your and Justin Fields got injured in the first half of that game. First qu- quarter of that game. He came back and still outplayed you. Your rookie year, you were terrible. Yeah, Urban Meyer, I get it. Even last year, most of the first parts of last year, you wasn't that fucking good. You were turning over the ball too many goddamn times. And then this year, you haven't been great either to start this season off. My problem with people is when you run out here and scream, Trevor Lawrence is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Trevor Lawrence is an average-ass quarterback at best. He's decent when everything – he's Daniel Jones with less athleticism and a better arm. Daniel Jones can actually throw the ball down the field. Like, this dude is not that good. And I'm, I'm like – and it's not Trevor Lawrence's fault. It's the fact that people have already sold this idea that he's going to be the greatest thing to slice fucking bread. When you can't even beat the Colts, the Texans, in the f- two of your first three games, the charge, the Kansas City Chiefs are one thing. You barely beat the Colts, and you lost to the Houston Texans, and they hung 20 on you at home against a rookie that everybody continues to scream. Well, he might be good. He might not. I don't know. What the fuck? The Jays are not. 
But I see how fast people made excuses. I see how fast people make excuses for this. The receivers are dropping the ball, and this is that, and that, and this. But yet, for Justin Fields, is is he needs to get better, and he needs to be a better quarterback. And is he a bust? When y'all know he's in a worse position than Trevor Lawrence is, you know the organization sucks at drafting people, and they have a terrible team, but yet it's all Justin Fields' fault. But yet Trevor Lawrence is now one and two. He played absolutely fucking terrible in a Houston game. It wasn't his just receivers. He threw fucking passes that a rookie would have known not to fucking throw by week four or five. You are in your third year, and you're still throwing passes in triple fucking coverage to the other fucking team. That is not a off. That is not a receiver thing. That is a quarterback thing, motherfucker. You can't play, like you can't see. It's like you. How people want to shit on Justin Herbert and all these other guys? Where's that hate? Where's that shit for uh, Trevor Lawrence? Because he is not that fucking good. He's not. He's not that fucking good. Zach Wilson gets shit on every day. At least with Zach Wilson, we know he ain't that good. Trevor, y'all want to sell this fucking idea that Trevor Lawrence is great. So why is he one and two in the AFC South? And now Houston owns the tiebreaker, which means Houston is now who started off 2-0-2. Now Houston has a tiebreaker over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let's be real. When they play in Houston in a couple of weeks, I mean, they beat in Houston. He's 1-4 against the Texans in his career. The same Texans that had David Mills. And, and, and David, David Mills as a quarterback. He's 1-4 against the Texans. Jacksonville, you are definitely in the yellow. You are definitely in a caution. Because if you go to London this weekend and lose to Atlanta, and they have literally no offense outside of B. John Robinson. If you lose to Atlanta... I want all, all the smoke because Trevor Lawrence leads the league in turnovers. I want the smoke. I want to hear this. Trevor Lawrence literally has the most turnovers since being in the NFL. What that's, oh, that's Urban Meyer's fault, right? That's Doug Peter, Oh, that's his receiver's fault, right? Trevor Lawrence has the most turnovers since entering into the NFL. But that's, 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 that's Urban Meyer's fault, right? That's his receiver's fault, right? No, that's 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 Doug Peterson's fault because he's supposed to get him in the right positions, right? Yeah. All right. Fuck out of here. But the Jags are definitely in a caution. My team on the whoo boy, you need to think about pushing that panic button. Uh, it's getting close. It's getting close. Um, that team to me. Is the Vikings. Last week I, I saved them. I let them live last week because I was like, let me see how they're gonna look against the Chargers. And they lost. Um and they lost in a way that was very unbecoming of what the fuck the Vikings is. They lost because of the offense. Which kind of sounds obvious because it's Kirk Cousins in a big game moment, so he probably doesn't do good. But 
the fact that Kirk Cousins literally after the game says the reason why we lost is because I couldn't hear I couldn't hear the play call. You realize you were at home, right, Kirk? You you realize that was your home stadium. You realize you were trying to score a touchdown. You realize you all you had to do was say, anyone understood? The fact of the matter is, no, you lost because you suck. It's very simple. I don't know why we got to act like this. Kirk Cousins is great for fantasy football. He's not great to win you a fucking Super Bowl. He's great for fantasy football. He probably is killing it in fantasy football. I bet money he's killing it in fantasy football these first three weeks. I'm pretty fucking sure of it. The fact of the matter is, you can't win games in high-pressure situations. That's not a us thing. That's a you thing. You need to figure that shit out. They're not going to fire their head coach because they just got him last year. The game is this. Justin Jefferson, me and my brother want to talk about this this morning. Justin Jefferson could look like, could be, you haven't paid me yet. I don't know if I want to be here next year because Kirk Cousins is pretty much not going to be here, and I damn sure ain't trying to start with no rookie. I might stroll the fuck up out of here. I might leave. I might go somewhere. And if Minnesota has this, if Minnesota loses just Justin Jefferson, you might as well put this shit in the book. Like, it's over. Minnesota's very, very in a position. And I know you play Carolina this week. And Bryce Young may or may not play in this game too. But if you lose to Carolina, I know it's in Carolina, but if you lose to Carolina, bruh, it's time to, it's time to blow this shit up. You on four. And in that division in NFC North, I know people are sitting and say, well, NFC North is still to be caught up to. No, it's not. You have no defense that can stop Detroit's offense, and I don't think you are able capable. I don't think you're capable of beating Green Bay when Green Bay is actually a little older in the season with a healthy Aaron Jones. If everybody's healthy by the time they get to the matchups against Minnesota, you're not beating Green Bay. You're not beating Green Bay, and you're not beating Detroit. So I don't see you even making it. And by the and by the time you get to zero and four, the only thing you can win is probably division. Because there's teams in the NFC North, NFC right now that are actually really good. So yeah, um, the team that definitely should hit the panic button though. The team that should definitely hit the goddamn panic button. It's the New York Giants, man. The New York Giants. I know people would think I'm about to say the Jets. The Jets suck. I've always thought the Jets was going to suck. I thought the Giants were going to suck. But at least with the Giants, you could at least... With the Giants, Brian Dable is a really good head coach. But only he can only do so much. Daniel Jones should have never got paid this much fucking money. That is the most absurd decision I've seen in years. Well, you pay the dude to do one thing. A quarterback is supposed to lead his team. I cannot act. I don't think anybody in New York outside of Daniel Jones himself, and not even him, thinks he could actually lead this team. He's not a good quarterback, man. He isn't. I know I just said Trevor Lawrence isn't better than Daniel Jones because he's not. So what did that tell you about Trevor Lawrence? I'm just saying. Um, the Giants, 
if Saquon doesn't play this upcoming week against Seattle in New York, Seattle's going to three and one, and the Giants are going to one and three. The fact that you beat Arizona is one thing. The fact that you cannot score more than and don't get it twisted. Arizona's an anomaly. Arizona sucks. Despite what they did against Dallas, which is the funniest shit, the planet. The Giants have scored 10 points against teams that are not the Arizona Cardinals. And they scored those 10 points against the 49ers. Now, I will say this. The 49ers game, that defense showed up and showed out. I give them a lot of credit. But that team sucks. That is a terrible team. They have no rhythm offensively, defensively. They can try as hard as they can, but they know they're not going to win these games. I can see them easily quitting on Brian Dable by the midway through the season because it's just like, what the fuck is this? Everybody keeps talking about how the Jets need to start looking for, try to get somebody to help them win games. The Giants fuck themselves because they paid a guy who will never, never be. I want to say never. That's, that's kind of cruel. Daniel Jones won't be Eli Manning. He won't be Eli Manning. And that's what y'all drafted him for, to be another steady Eli Manning. But he he's not that guy. He's not. It sucks, but he's not. And I think people need to stop acting like he is. I need the Giants to stop paying people money. I need people to stop paying quarterbacks money just because they're decent enough to get us games. Motherfucker, the object is to win a Super Bowl. Not to win a, a weak game. To win week four. Can you actually get me to the Super Bowl? If not, I need to get rid of your ass. Anyway, before I close out, I'm going to start a new thing tonight. And it's called My Four. My Premier Four. Now, my Premier... My prime four, still working on the name, <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, but mine is the four, and I think I might go with that, the four. The four best teams to me in the NFL. Not that a lot of people have five. They have ten. But me, I got four. For me, that's a big thing, to have four teams to represent the NFL for this week. So my four, so far, for the first three weeks of the NFL season, Coming in at number one, it's those San Francisco 49ers. I don't think San Francisco is a super complete team. I don't think they're the best fucking team. But for what they are, they're decent and they're really good enough at what they are. They don't have the sugarcoat shit. Not to put Brock Purdy in any position where he has to overdo shit. Make sure that Christian McCaffrey does what he needs to do. Clear the lanes. And win these games. The problem with that is. You can beat San Francisco. They just haven't played a team that can beat them yet. San Francisco is not great. They're not. Brock Purdy is a reason. This is my thing. There is a reason for why Brock Purdy was drafted. With the last pick of the fucking draft. There's a reason. Don't get it twisted. Just because he's winning games right now. Doesn't mean he's a finished fucking product. He had a couple throws in that Giants game 
that I was like, what the fuck is this? He's still fucking brand spanking fucking new. Things can happen. Until you play, though, a team like Seattle, like Philly, these games, even Dallas for a little bit, even Dallas, you are going to win these games that you're supposed to win, but that's more so because of a team situation than it is a quarterback situation. But San Francisco, for me, the first three weeks, it's a really good fucking team, and I cannot sit here and lie like they're not. Uh, second team to me is the Eagles, Philadelphia. Last night was the first time I saw the defense actually show the fuck up. Excuse me. For the Eagles. To me, the Eagles is the most complete team. DeAndre Swift is having the most amazing start to his Eagles career. Boy is going out there having a mess, massive, massive games. A.J. Brown finally is back to what he does. Devontae Smith ain't never really left. This team feels like something that is still very dangerous. The reason why I got them at two in San Francisco at one is because they haven't had a full, complete game yet. I know last night I get you thinking that they did, but I mean a game where you knew that this is just a different fucking caliber of team. They haven't had it yet. Now, will it be this upcoming week at home against Washington? We shall see. But to me, if you ask me, Washington, I mean the Eagles, sorry, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They just have to get to that point where they show you they are. They're still working out the kinks, but if you ask me, put them on the field right now, San Francisco, Philly, give me Philly. I think Philly will absolutely massacre the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Number three. The Miami Dolphins. I told my brother Juan this uh, last week on our show. I said I think Miami going to be the last undefeated team, which is not a good thing for a lot of teams that go last is the last undefeated fucking team in the NFL. But it's so hard to ignore. You can't ignore 70 fucking points. That is damn near impossible to ignore. You can't ignore 70 fucking points. Winning a game by 50, you can't ignore that. I'm sorry. You just fucking can't. I don't know how good Miami's defense really is. I'm going to be honest. I know you. I saw them against New England. Pretty good. Pretty decent. But it's also the Miami D team that gave up 34 fucking points to the Chargers. And again, you haven't really played anybody. The Denver Broncos so far this season isn't that good. We already know they ain't that damn good. It's not a surprise that Denver suck. Until Miami plays a team that I actually am like, okay. But by the way, this upcoming week, they play Buffalo. So we shall see how Miami really does go against a team that has the same offensive firepower you have and actually a pretty decent defense that can actually stop that. So we shall see how this goes. I don't think Buffalo stops Miami by the least off with, the, with their defense. But Miami could do something. And I think this is actually going to be more of a shootout like the Chargers game was. I think Buffalo is starting to get them, their momentum back, but Miami is a very great, a really good offensive fucking team. This is probably one of the best offensive teams I've ever seen in my life. And I saw the Patriots in 07, and I saw the fucking Saints for, in like 2009 and 10. Like, shit happens. But this might be the best offensive team I've ever seen. 
Now, how they will finish the season is a whole other conversation. But for throughout the first three weeks, they're the best fucking team offensively I've ever seen. Which goes into number four, which is the Buffalo Bills, the team that they played this upcoming week. I got Buffalo at four. Listen, Buffalo right now is beating teams they're supposed to beat. You beat the Commanders. You beat the Raiders. You're supposed to beat these teams. Now you're about to get another challenge, and that's Miami. Now how you play against them, we shall see. I do think Buffalo can go into a shootout, or it could get into a defensive slugfest. It just depends on how you work. But I do think Buffalo is the fourth best team in the NFL. I do. I think they actually have a really good team. But here's the thing about the Buffalo Bills. When you play the game Josh Allen plays, he can cost you way more than he actually helps you. And like I said, Sunday is the game where he can take too many chances and hurt Buffalo in this game. So it depends on what he does. But if he can actually keep this game in a really good place, they can beat Miami and they jump in the AFC East and I think they can run it. So I do think Buffalo is the best forward, best team in the NFL because of, let's just be real, look at what they did week one compared to what they've been doing the last two weeks. It's a complete and utter difference in a swing of momentum. Hopefully they keep it going, but we shall see. Anyway, those are my first four of this week. Next week I'll be doing it again, of course, with my caution. Of course, next week with my college week six college football picks and everything like that. And of course, I will have a recap of the fight. Canelo. Charlo. Until then, I am brand new. This is Bleed Sports. And also, baseball starts this upcoming weekend. Playoffs. Can't wait for that. Until then, I am brand new. Peace.